Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying only on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio, airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. Ground Zero dot radio, the Aftermath FM, soon to be Ground Zero application. You can download and listen for free. The Secret Teachings comes on right after Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Thank you so much for staying 
tuned to Ground Zero Dot Radio. Would like to welcome all of our normal listeners to the show. Wherever you're listening, in the archive, on the stream, etc., you can search for The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player or app and listen to the show for free. If you don't like those annoying advertisements, however, you can subscribe to the archive at thesecretteachings.info. You'll get access to the show, the montages, my digital books to read and download, and a private RSS feed. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today or buy a book. Your subscription or your book purchase both keep us on air, keep us broadcasting. We don't have any advertisers or sponsors. We do have affiliates, but we don't get paid unless you buy something from them like Pro One Water Filters. Now is as good a time as ever to purchase a water filter, especially as we approach the holy days or the holidays, the holiday season. www.thesecretteachings.info If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable, that's rdgable at yahoo.com. One more time, rdgable at yahoo.com. I don't have an assistant or a secretary or a producer, so the email goes directly to me, rdgable at yahoo.com. If you missed any of our shows this week, they're all in the archive. We've done a couple of Halloween-themed shows with some guests. We spoke with Laura Lavender earlier this week about Santa Morte. We spoke with a couple of other guests. We have some other guests coming up next week as well. And uh, I was thinking what we could do for a Friday night show. And I thought, well, uh, maybe we could talk about something that, because it's Halloween, uh, it's equally as scary uh, for a lot of different reasons, but it's not really Halloween themed. Although I was thinking that uh, for Halloween this year, I might go as a uh, mRNA vaccine. I'm going to get the like a syringe outfit, and when I go up to people's door and they they bring the candy out and they say, "What are you supposed to be?" I'm going to say, uh, "I'm a COVID-19 vaccine," and or I'll just give them the nine pages of side effects from the uh, Pfizer BNT162 B2. So what are you supposed to be? I'm, I'm this. And you give them the eight pages of side effects. I think that's what I might go for as Halloween this year. I might just go as a syringe and carry this, uh, this giant docket of side effects with me. Uh, but in all seriousness, Don Lester is with us this evening, author of What Really Makes You Ill. It's a huge book. Took 10 years to write it. I'd highly recommend that you get it. What Really Makes You Ill, Don Lester. Uh, David Parker is not with us, but... We do have Don. She was on the show recently, and she joins us again tonight to discuss a number of different news articles. And this is not just in the United States. It's in the UK. It's all over the world that are not only suggesting there is suggestion, but they're implying that all of the different types of conditions that people are suddenly suffering from, for example, young people having heart attacks people experiencing sudden pounding uh, sensations in their chest. Their hearts are pounding seemingly randomly. Athletes just dropping dead. I mean, we didn't have that before the so-called pandemic or before the so-called vaccine. So that's a relatively new thing. People just dropping dead on a football field or a, well, football, football or a soccer field. Uh, people just dropping dead uh, on a basketball court or people that are passing out, people that are having uh, severe blood clots. I thought blood clots and pericarditis and myocarditis, I thought these were all 
just part of the side effects of the vaccine. Uh, that's official, but according to Fortune magazine, strokes, heart attacks, sudden death. Does America understand the long-term risks of catching COVID? So, Don, it seems like what's happening now is certainly not every person who's sick is sick with COVID-19. I don't think anybody's really sick with COVID-19. But in the same way that people have believed that, we tend to believe that everybody who's sick now is sick from the vaccine. I don't think that's the case either. But clearly, there are official complications, and there's pages and pages of side effects, myocarditis, pericarditis, uh, and things like, um, well, from the beginning, it was blood clotting. These are officially caused by the vaccine. But now Fortune Magazine and others are telling us as we head into the winter months, as we head into uh, the dark winter, all of this is actually just caused by the virus. It, it has nothing to do with anything else. Very, very convenient, wouldn't you say, Don? Welcome to the show. Um, yes, thank you for inviting me on again. Um, yes, it is um, convenient, yes. I mean, they're, they're obviously trying to uh, keep the idea that that there's something called COVID that's caused by a virus. Um, they're trying to keep that narrative going. And, uh, yes, moving into winter uh, where it's sort of more likely that people have those kinds of symptoms. And, again, we can probably talk about that, but they're, um, they're obviously blaming it on COVID because they don't want it blamed on um, the vaccine. Obviously, the the interesting thing is, of course, that these symptoms, these very serious symptoms, as you, well, symptoms, these very serious conditions like strokes and um, myocarditis and pericarditis, um, they just weren't happening in the very beginning when apparently it was, you know, a very serious um air quotes here, pandemic, um, and this has only happened more recently. Uh, I mean, there's a lot in that article, um, uh, you know, not going to sort of analyse all of it, um, but they are talking about um, an analysis of 30,000 vaccinated patients and saying that um, the uh, vaccinated incurred a higher risk of death and debilitating long COVID symptoms um, so they're sort of admitting that, that it's, you know, that even though they'd been vaccinated, they were still getting the symptoms. But of course, they're not making um, any kind of uh, correlation between that, of course, because they don't want to do that. Um, the other interesting thing is that as part of that article where they're actually saying that um, the study would, um, yes, part of it, it just says the study, uh, yeah, a key caveat, the study period mostly predated vaccines. So that would need to be looked into a little bit more because they're trying to obviously misdirect or, well, redirect people, but it is misdirecting people to not look at vaccines. But as you say, vaccines aren't the only reason that people have these serious conditions. And um, there's all sorts of um, interventions that can be um, made to happen in various places that can cause all kinds of um, health problems for people. So, you know, yes, you're right to say, you know, to say that it's not necessarily always the vaccine, um, but this article is trying to say it's never the vaccine. Um, it's just a... Right, you yes. Know, you know, it's it's not the cause, but of course that's, that's just misdirection. It could never be the cause. So one thing we didn't have before COVID-19 mRNA vaccines, quote-unquote, and the so-called pandemic were people that were having sudden cardiac uh, death uh, on 
playing fields, uh, on courts, on, on fields, etc. And it says in the article, researchers have noted a troubling pattern of sudden cardiac death in athletes in the wake of the pandemic, owing possibly, they use these words, possibly, might, perhaps, could, possibly to COVID-related heart complications, myocarditis and pericarditis. They label those two things in the article, but I find it interesting because those are the two, those are the two things that, other than blood clots, those are officially caused by mRNA vaccines. So we know myocarditis and pericarditis. We know heart attack. We know stroke. We know things like blood clotting, uh, all officially caused. But in an article like this from Fortune magazine, there's no even casual relationship. It just always has to be caused by the virus. And I mean, that is uh, how this this is not in any way, shape or form uh, science or journalism. This is raw propaganda to terrify Uh, people. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's just one point is it's not um, entirely new that young people do have um, heart problems. I mean, in, in the research for our book, we did come across um, something called uh, sudden death syndrome. I mean, calling death a syndrome is, is just outrageous. Um, sudden cardiac death, that was it, sudden cardiac death uh, syndrome. So, uh, it, it did happen, but it was rare. I mean, not in the kind of cases, uh, the numbers that you know we've we've been seeing in this past year, year and a half. I mean, it's just beyond um, rare. I mean, it's, it's starting to become common, but it wasn't entirely unknown beforehand. Although, again, you know, they didn't know the cause. Well, well, the same, um, myocarditis wasn't really that well known either, but it did occur in children. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at the VARES data, it shows that children suffered from this condition, you know, the swelling, the inflammation of the heart and the muscles around the heart at a rate of like a few, maybe a few hundred a year. Uh, but now it's like 20 to 30,000 the last two years. That, I mean, that is a monumental jump. So, yeah, some of these things certainly were happening before, but when they jump that yeah. greatly, it, it, there's absolutely something directly responsible that is, that is new, <laughs> that is novel, and it's not a virus. Yes, um, definitely something new. So you have to say, well, what, what is new that has happened? And people say it's a virus, as you rightly said. Uh, well, these. Um, events weren't happening during 2020 when the alleged pandemic was um, at its so-called kind of height. Um, although, you know, they're, they're trying to make out that it's sort of, you know, spiking and peaking. I mean, it's, it's just all statistics and we know how reliable statistics are as well. So again, we have to be careful that, um, you know, to, to rely on their numbers and we know we can't trust that, but at the same time, they're, whether they're exaggerating them or understating them, we still get the kind of sense of the trend. But, I mean, the the kind of um, horrendous um, events of, of people just dropping uh, have been videoed, and, and unless somebody's, you know, making that up, and I don't think that's the case. Um, as you say, it's been horrendous and the numbers are huge and it's definitely way out uh, you know it's, it's orders of magnitude greater than it's ever been before as you say you know sort of odd cases or um in in small numbers um but but not like this and so you have to say well there are sometimes when you have to say well there is a there is a correlation there is definitely an association of course but it's one that they're not going to study 
No, we've seen this with we've seen this with menstrual cycles. The NIH has now admitted, acknowledged twice this year, most recently a few weeks ago, that vaccines for COVID nineteen or mRNA gene therapy absolutely affect the menstrual cycle of the woman. Uh, we've seen other studies, a recent study that shows when you get the vaccine, this was in Iceland, you're twice as likely to get sick. Another recent study showed that if you get the vaccine, you are very likely to have lower sperm concentrations in samples. And I think the most important thing to recognize here is if we're looking at this objectively, the real question is boiled down to the example of the masks and the social distancing. If all of these things were supposed to prevent COVID-19, but they didn't. And we see that the flu has virtually disappeared in a lot of places because it's been reassigned as a, as a so-called illness or disease. What's happening is they're reassigning those cases, but they're saying the flu went away because of the masking and the social distancing. So if that was the case, why did those mitigation techniques and policies not affect COVID? People still got sick with COVID. So that doesn't make any sense. It's the same thing with... exactly. Exactly. That's that's exactly the point that I um, came across when I was looking into this as well, because they're saying that, uh, yeah, um, you know, the flu went away because of those measures. And you go, well, so what's COVID then? I mean, it really is a question of trying to trick people and get yes. them to just believe them um, and um, manipulate people's ideas and thoughts. And, and again, it's the trust the science. Uh, which is complete nonsense because it's not about science. It's, it's you know, we're listening to... Um, about psychology. Well, yes. Well, there is that as well. It, it, but we're not listening to scientists because scientists, it, it, if they're actually conducting real science, then they are questioning. And to say that we're not allowed to question science uh, is completely anti-science. <laughs> no, it actually borderlines on the definition, if not crosses the borderline of a cult, because you're not allowed to question the cult leader, regardless of what they do. And and the members of the cult will come after you if you raise questions or you, you cause a problem. Um, and and um, I know that I tend to be long-winded. Uh, using that as an example of, of the masks and how they didn't stop you know COVID, but they stopped the flu somehow, uh, there, there's two studies that I thought were really interesting. The CDC published a study in November of 2021. Study was called Risk of Stillbirth Among Women with and Without COVID-19 at Delivery Hospitalization. So the article, according to NBC News, and the study, according to the CDC, says this is just random. In the middle of the pandemic, women started to have stillbirths. But if you look at the study, it aligns with the introduction of vaccines. Another study from, I believe it was from Israel, uh, was reported on by the Jerusalem Post a few days after that study, and it says that not a vaccine, which Dr. Michael Yeadon, former Pfizer executive, said that the vaccines were going to go in and likely cause infertility. The Jerusalem Post reported, this was last year, late last year, that COVID-19, not the vaccine, but the virus, enters the placenta and causes stillbirth. So suddenly in the middle of the pandemic, people are starting to drop dead. And suddenly in the middle of the pandemic, people are having stillbirths at a super high rate. Sperm concentrate concentrations are lowered and women are having menstrual cycle issues. And they attribute all of this to the virus. So I guess I guess Don, it mutated suddenly right in line with the vaccine, just like uh, Dr. Uh, Yeadon warned about and so many others. Uh, it's just one hell of a coincidence. 
yes. I mean, unfortunately, some people um, were believing that the virus had mutated and they were putting kind of misinformation out and saying, oh, well, you know, it mutates and then... Um, because of the vaccine, um, the body wasn't able to then protect itself against the new variants and all these other mutations. I mean, that, of course, is nonsense because, you know, we have to go back to basics, which is um, where's the evidence for the existence of a pathogenic virus? And that that doesn't exist. Um, I mean, well, I mean, the, the, the fact that, uh, or the idea that the flu went away um, is, is now being kind of reversed because we're being told um, by good old Dr. Fauci that um, uh, there's the article of um, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci has warned of a twindemic this winter as cases of the flu surge in the US quadrupling over the past two months. Um, so that's, that's the next um, scare tactic. Of course, I wonder. I wonder, Donic, because I've read recently in the in U.S. media that COVID cases have slightly declined. So I wonder if yes. flu cases are rising at the rate that the COVID cases are decline are declining. Uh, well, that's that's possible, um, but um, uh, the they're not giving up on the COVID. I mean, they're you know they're saying the twindemic, so they're now trying to roll out. Um, COVID boosters, uh, flu jabs as well as COVID boosters. There's an article uh, on the BBC um, website saying that apparently from tomorrow, um, October the 14th, um, as as we are at the moment, um, everyone in England aged 50 or over will be able to book their COVID booster and flu jab. So that's something to look forward so to, you can I don't get, think. That's why God gave you two arms, Don. You can get one in the left, one in the right. <laughs> Uh, yes, only I, I think people are going to have to start giving their uh, legs as well because I, I understand they're starting to roll out monkeypox vaccines. I've seen an article I, in, I think in Ireland, they're starting to roll that out soon. Um, but interestingly on the CDC website, the difference between flu and COVID-19, um, apparently you cannot, so here we are, you cannot tell the difference between flu and COVID-19 by symptoms alone because some of the symptoms are the same. There you are. <laughs> so they're not distinctive diseases then? Yeah, they're, yeah. Just, oh no, only some of the symptoms are the same. Uh, some PCR tests can differentiate between flu and COVID at the same time. Uh, so again, you know, it's all, some can differentiate rather than, so again, but they don't test for, they don't use PCR tests for the flu. So, um, because going back to that, uh, well, it's a Daily Mail article about this twindemic. Um, it says latest official data show um, there were more than a thousand patients. Um, um, uh, com- uh, so it's up 303% compared to the first week of August. Uh, then it goes on, this is a vast underestimate because the U.S. does not routinely test for influenza in the same way as COVID. Well, no, right, exactly. So, when I was a kid and I went to the doctor with a symptom of something, uh, that I remember that as yeah. a kid the doctor was just like, hey, yeah, yeah, you've got the flu, just take liquids and, and rest. Yeah, well, exactly. And you go, well, actually, um, how do you know it's the flu? Um, and not some, because apparently influenza, so-called, air quotes, um, is caused by different viruses than um, the common cold, again, air quotes, because these are not diseases. Um, well, so how, 
would they know it's a, you know the flu rather than the cold? I mean, as you say, these are just symptoms, and it's a misunderstanding of symptoms. But of course, the all of that is, you know, not particularly important as we were growing up, except for the fact that it just taught us, you know, you know, um, cold and everything are all transmissible, and it just took us into this mindset of believing that, you know, we can transfer our germs to other people. But of course, it's it's ramped up to the extent where now it, it, it's no longer amusing. Um, so people really need to understand um, what's going on. I mean, the measures um, have been generally relaxed in various places around the world, particularly um, well, certain countries in Europe, certainly here. I know some of them have been relaxed in the States, except for um, they still require vaccines for travellers. Um, so, you know, the fact that measures have been relaxed, I think people are kind of thinking, oh, well, you know, it's sort of more or less over um, and, you know, back to normal and that kind of thing. So there's a kind of complacency set in. And I wonder if this is... Uh, their way of just saying, oh, well, no, it's not, and getting um, getting people to get used to measures again. But I wonder how many people will comply this time. So we'll just have to see. But, of course, they this is ramping up the fear um, because they know that uh, we are getting the message across to more and more people. More and more people are uh, waking up to what's going on, starting to look at everything and realise that, you know, they have been fooled. <laughs> To put it politely, yeah. To put it very politely, we're going to skip. <laughs> we're we're going to skip our break tonight because I don't want to miss any time with you. Uh, the secret teachings is the website rdgable at yahoo.com. We got Don Lester, author of What Really Makes You Ill. We're looking into the coming months of the fall, and we're looking into the dark winter, and what is being reported on internationally uh, and locally. Of course, uh, Don's in the UK. I'm in the United States. Uh, we have a state here in the U.S my home state of Florida with a state surgeon general, Joseph A. Ladapo, and of course, Governor Ron DeSantis, who they're trying to investigate and put in prison now. And uh, they released through the Florida Department of Health, Don, an analysis that they're recommending that 18 to 39 year old males do not get a COVID-19 vaccine because, Mm -hmm. and I want you to think about that fortune article. If you're, if you're tuning in right now, we talked about this article from Fortune that said all the myocarditis, pericarditis, stroke, heart attack, that's all COVID. That's not the vaccine. Well, according to the Florida Department of Health, the analysis found there's an 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39. That's what all the other studies show. Within 28 days following mRNA vaccination, individuals with pre-existing cardiac conditions such as myocarditis and pericarditis should take particular caution when considering vaccination and discuss with their healthcare provider. And then they go on to say, with a high level of global immunity to COVID-19, which is you know an arguable, debatable thing, but the benefit of vaccination is likely outweighed by this abnormally, or ab- yeah, abnormally high risk of cardiac death among men in this age group. So they recommend that you know, males 18 to 39 mm-hmm. don't get it. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I get this, but you know, rhetorically speaking, I don't understand how Fortune magazine and whoever wrote this article can say that all these conditions are caused by COVID-19 when, you know, before the pandemic, these were still, you know, things that happened, just not at the same rate. During the pandemic, they didn't happen uh, at at any higher rate. But once the vaccines were introduced, they exploded. And then how different scientific analysis can find the total opposite 
that if you get the vaccine, this is actually what it does to you, which then confirms uh, it confirms the eight pages or so of side effects that were released by the FDA and Pfizer. Uh, th- this can't be science. This is this seems like one thing is science and the other thing is propaganda and psychology. Yes. Um, well, we can get into the psychology. Um, but I mean, you're absolutely right um, to highlight these contradictions. And this is one of the things that I tried to do as often as possible, because I think that helps people see that they are not being told the truth, <laughs> again, putting it politely. Um, the um, But unfortunately, it does require people to do quite a bit of reading, to look into these things, to read these various articles. Um, but yes, I mean, you, you sent me that article from the uh, Florida Health uh, website. And, and I mean, that's amazing. It, it's, it's a shame they've only um, listed it as 18 to 39-year-olds. Um, because obviously it's it's across the board of um, any well it's not just males either you know um, males and females are um, reacting very badly to to these vaccinations you know the mRNA vaccines um, they are harmful they are proven harmful they are proven deadly you know thousands of people have died um, thousands and thousands of people have died around the world. Um, I don't think they even know how many, and they're probably going to hide those as much as possible. Um, but it's it's not about people with pre-existing cardiac conditions who should take caution. It's it's anybody and everybody. Um, we have so ho- it, we have hospitals here running advertisements. I played one on a recent show for children, like eight year olds. That it's just common now for eight year olds to have. Uh, myocarditis and uh, heart attacks. There's advertisements on buses and it's on TV. Mm. And mm. Yeah, they're, they're normalizing something that's totally abnormal. But as somebody's pointed out, they're normalizing these very serious conditions and they're making um, so-called flu-like symptoms um, to be abnormal, whereas, you know, <laughs> people have these so-called flu-like symptoms for a reason and I you know I mean if you want to kind of just cover that very briefly these are the body kind of detoxing these are normal symptoms of the body clearing itself and healing itself so yes they they are normal and that's being made to be abnormal in these tragic conditions which are very serious and have serious repercussions are, are being normalized I mean it's it's absolutely outrageous and you know that um, another thing, Don. Normalized that, children. Sorry, yes, go on. No, no, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm just saying it's outrageous that it's being normalized for young children. Um, and, you know, I, I'm I'm just stunned that when these vaccines were being rolled out for young children, that more people didn't stand up and say, "Whoa, no, 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 this is step too far." Um, the, there were we, there were people in California that the, this was reported on in the well state and also just national media. There were people in California in particular, and they have a certain political mindset, and they were bragging about it and proud of it. They were taking their children to doctors' offices asking to get vaccines even before they were available officially for children, and they were offering kids up again. Mainstream news offering their kids up as experiments to the vaccine manufacturers, like you experiment on my child, make them make them healthy. It's almost like you're offer, you're offering your child as a sacrifice on the altar. Mm-hmm. It's disturbing. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yes, very very disturbing. 
Um, and that is the result of, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, behavioural um, psychology kind of uh, trying to get people to think um, completely differently and, and to be just <clears throat> made to think in a way that, that, that has no sense to it. There's no logic. Um, but, of course, you know, that's what fear-mongering does and that's what all these policies and, uh, again, if you want to go into the psychology, I mean, because it started pretty early on where they were trying to um, uh, implement various measures to get people to change their behaviours. I mean, they had the Behavioural Insights team yes. in the UK um, and their... Um, there are different reports. I mean, one of them is, um, you know, she sent to me if you want to discuss that, but, um, but it says, you know, there is evidence that greatest behavior change impact is achieved by inter interventions that operate at many levels simultaneously and consistently. So it's just about changing people's behaviors and it's not about protecting people's health. I mean, if it was about health, those words would be, uh, well, should be seen as irrelevant. If it's about protecting people's health, it's not about changing their behavior. Right. No, um, no you're 100% right. And this is, I do want to get into this largely in this segment. There's one other thing I wanted to read to you that I think, yeah, sure. I think this can help us transition from what we've been discussing into the psychology of it. Um, even if you follow the mainline medical doctrine, it has changed so dramatically that a lot of doctors and scientists have been left behind. So when you read this Florida Health uh, Alert, this guidance for the vaccine published August, uh, October 7th, 2022, just listen to this. It says Floridians are encouraged to discuss all the potential benefits and risks of receiving mRNA COVID-19 vaccines with their health care provider. The risk associated with mRNA vaccination should be weighed against the risk associated with COVID-19 infection. So even if you buy the mainstream story, this, the idea that you should discuss this with your healthcare provider, you should weigh the risks. That's how we used to conduct medicine. And mm. these types of doctors and scientists are left behind because now we're being told you don't get to ask questions. You get censored, you get blocked, you get banned, you lose your medical license, you lose your job, you lose, um, you know, you might even lose your child, you know, if you don't get them a vaccine. So that's where the, the fear and the psychology comes into play. And I wanted, to, I wanted to start this segment with this article here from the New York Intelligencer. I don't know if this, is what, uh, if this is what they mean in the article, but it says you may be surprised to learn. And I think this is, this is a great way to start the psychology aspect of this. You might be surprised to learn mm -hmm. of the trio of long-awaited coronavirus vaccines, the most promising, Moderna's mRNA-1273, that they had designed it by January 13th of 2020. This was just two days before, or rather after, the genetic sequence had been made public. Mm -hmm. So from what I'm reading in this article, January 13th, 2020, Moderna already had their vaccine for a virus that they didn't even have the genetic sequence for for more than 48 hours. That is impossible that makes me think that th this aspect of it, the vaccine, was certainly planned. Therefore, when we look at the psychology aspect, the social distancing, the masking, all of that seems to have been planned as well. And this is, I know that this, for a lot of people, sounds totally outrageous, but this is what is being reported uh, by mainstream media. And we find this in official, as you mentioned it, official government documents from the UK, from the United States, 
the one you mentioned, options for increasing adherence to social distancing measures, it has nothing to do with health. It has everything to do with coercing compliance. So yes, let's talk about that. What did you think of this story? Clearly, this whole thing was organized and planned as a mass psychological experiment. And uh, I even sent you the World Economic Forum. Lockdown is the world's biggest psychological experiment. That's the headline. They're admitting it. So what does all this mean? What does this tell us? Uh, and, and, and what can we learn from this? Um, well, it is a psychological operation. It was planned um, long before. I mean, I know there's the um, sort of tabletop exercise, um, although I think with what's been going on, I suspect that it was um, in the planning stages long before that as well, because there's such a lot that had to go on to sort of implement this that, I, you know, I think... Uh, that was maybe kind of you know one step of it, but it wasn't the start of it. It was already um, it was already in the planning stages long before that. Um, I mean, yes, it said um, like you said the two days after the genetic sequence had been made public, but to say the genetic sequence suggests there is a virus that had genetic sequence, um, you know, identified, and and there's no evidence for that as as well. It's all a, it's the, all a computer model. Oh yeah, and it was you know the um, PCR test that was um, devised by um, Christian Drosten uh, in Germany was didn't didn't even have you know the virus. The CDC said that you know they didn't have the virus. It, you know they just had some genetic sequence and you've got to have the virus in order to have um, genetically um, sort of characterized it and that's that's never been done because there there is no um, inverted commas virus um, so again this this is all this is all just um, tricking people manipulating people it's a psychological operation um, I mean the point of this article was to say that you know we you know well we already had it and you know aren't we brilliant because we'd already got this and it took i don't know what was it a couple of weeks or whatever to to create the vaccine i mean that just goes against every other vaccine that apparently we're told take um has, has taken i don't know five to ten years to develop and this one was um you know weeks in the making you know, just uh, how does that happen? Well, as well, and it's put down. It's put down to oh well, we're, aren't we so much better? Aren't we brilliant? You know, isn't science fantastic? We can do it so much quicker now. <laughs> right. Well, it's supposed to, it's supposed to wow you. Uh, you. You brought up Christian Drosten. I, I know you probably know of the Corman Drosten. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. I don't know what happened there. It started oh. almost ringing you sure. again, and it's got an echo there. You can hear me, okay? Yes, I can hear okay. you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know. Maybe the AI doesn't like this. Uh, <laughs> you, you brought up Drosten. So I'm sure you know of the Corman-Drosten paper uh, that supposedly they, they found, they isolated the virus and all this. And that paper was put together and it was approved after being uh, submitted within 24 hours. And this is the guy that developed the protocol for the testing. And so they had, there were, I think there were 22 scientists internationally that reviewed that paper and found massive conflicts of interest. They found uh, massive insufficiencies in the testing, scientific errors. But the original paper that supposedly isolated the virus, one of the original papers, the guy that came up with the protocol for the testing, totally fraudulent, totally made up, totally fictitious. And dozens of scientists across the, across the world analyzed it 
and said that. But, you know, most people probably don't even know who Kristen Drosten is. Uh, but, but the whole point is here, it's computer modeling, it's assumption, it's implication. None of this is proven or none of this is well-documented in regard to a virus to exist to cause a disease. So when you start reading these articles like, hey, they ha- we had the vaccine before. Hey, the uh, World Economic Forum says lockdown is a big psychological experiment. Oh, look at the UK and the US. They have psychological nudge units that encourage and coerce and manipulate people into doing things that have nothing to do with health. They just have to do with compliance. You realize that this is a lot more than a virus and a pandemic and a vaccine. This is about controlling people's perception by controlling their information. And therefore, if you can control information and perception, you can control people's behavior, Don. And that's what I think this is all about. Oh, yes. Yes, very much so. Um, And it's shown that, unfortunately, a lot of people have complied and a lot of people have followed and um, have adjusted their behaviours. I mean, sadly, uh, I, I still see a few people wearing masks around the street and in various places. Um, it, it, you know, it's only a handful, but it's still, you know, quite upsetting to see that going on when there's absolutely no reason, and especially outside, because there were never any um, guidances for wearing masks outside. Um, I, I. I am hopeful, though, and I, I think more and more people are um, saying, no, uh, we don't believe it, and are, are coming to the understanding that it is basically a psyop, that they have been tricked and fooled, and even if they have um, taken some of the measures in the past, um, I'd like to think that more and more people will uh, res- mm, resist and not comply if they start trying to implement those kind of measures in the winter, because obviously, as you know, they're trying to ramp up the fear mongering of, uh, like I said, you know, the um, twindemic, and uh, they're going to be adding monkeypox onto that as well. But of course, you know, monkeypox is, you know, the the body's expelling the toxins, which could be from the vaccine. So again, it's it's circular, um, but it certainly is them trying to get people to think in a certain way, to behave in a certain way. I mean, one of the the points on this um, document, you know, the options for increasing adherence to social distancing measures. I mean, this was just for social distancing. But, to, but one of the points says the guidance currently lacks clarity and specificity with regards to recommended behaviours. So, for example, instead of the phrase try to, it should just say do. In other words, they're trying to give orders rather than suggestions. And I mean, again, the what was put out originally uh, for um, the sort of measures to be taken, they were guidance. It was government guidance. And on the UK government website, it was guidance. And there were exemptions. You know, you, you could claim exemption because these were guidance. So it was suggested. And um, But this paper is obviously trying to put out that, uh, or you know, can't say try to, can't give people the option. You have to basically try and tell them what to do um, because people are obviously need to be told what to do because one of the, um, I can't remember which one it was now, that uh, the idea is that people can't actually think for themselves. They can't make decisions or they shouldn't be making decisions for themselves. And again, this is a complete inversion because people should be making decisions for themselves 
making decisions um, about what happens to their body. This is part of the Nuremberg Code. You know, these these uh, vaccines, these injections are experimental. They haven't been proven to be um, to do what they claim to do. There is no proof. There is no evidence. There's this is still part of the experiment, and um, people should know that they shouldn't be that they, people should be informed that they are taking part in an experiment and they should be given the option to to uh, to give their informed consent. Well, that's, 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 fe- uh, that's federal law in the United States. If you're taking a drug, a vaccine, anything that is experimental, you have the option to opt out of it without any consequences because you, you have to opt into an experiment. And Absolutely. Well, what we what we found, I'm sure you've seen this. I just went to recently. I did a show. I went to uh, some pharmacies in town, and I asked them, "Do you have the? Well, do you have the Pfizer vaccine or the Moderna vaccine?" They said, "No, we have bivalent." And I said, "Okay, so you don't you don't have the approved Comirnaty spike vax vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna?" And they said, "No, this is the approved one." And Don, I have a I have a, a picture. I have a, I have a copy that I can send you. I've got a, a box they gave me for the bivalent which is a booster. And they kept telling me, no, it's approved. And I said, but it says emergency use authorization only on the side. Yeah, but that's approved for emergency use. I said, yeah, but it's not an approved legal vaccine that I can be forced to take or lose my job. Oh, you're just playing. You're just playing with words. The guy recorded. I'll have to send it to you. He said, you're just playing with words. It's, it's just semantics. That's, that's not true. This is approved. This is safe, (laughs) but it says on the box, emergency use only. So The psychology of this, I wanted to read this to you, Don. I'm glad that you read that quote. Uh, The National Institute of Health, Institutes of Health, and the U.S. National Library of Medicine, clinicaltrials.gov, and Yale University published this in July, uh, was it July 7th, I think it was. It was July of 2020. And it says this, to study the different tests uh, and to study the different messages about vaccination against COVID-19 once the vaccine becomes available. So this is Yale University, the NIH, et cetera. So they were producing messages to convince people to get it without ever even having an official vaccine and without ever uh, having, of course, shown anybody the science that it was safe or effective. So here's what it says. It says, personal freedom, economic freedom, self-interest, community interest, economic benefit, guilt, embarrassment, anger, trust in science, not bravery. And each one of these talking points has a paragraph accompanying it that says this is how you get people to feel that they can benefit themselves by taking the vaccine or they should feel guilty if they don't take it or they should be angry with others if they don't take it or they should trust in science if they don't want to take it. Those are the psychological parameters here in the U.S. for vaccines. But if you look at the U.K., this document you just read from, Options for Increasing Adherence to Social Distancing, It lists very similar things, perceived threat, responsibility to others, positive messaging around actions, social approval, compulsion. So whether it's vaccines or social distancing, it's the same psychology across the ocean, different countries. What's going on here? This has to be planned and organized. This information is coming from central sources. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, yes, another point um, on that uh, options for increasing adherence. Um, again, this is a, a really important. The perceived level of personal threat needs to be increased among those who are complacent using hard-hitting emotional messaging. 
That's all you need to know um, right there. That's that's the bombshell smoking gun. That's the one. And you go, no, we would like to have some information and then we will make informed decisions, not emotional messaging um, to um, increase the idea of personal threat. I mean, I know it's, it's sort of slightly tongue in cheek, but there have been memes going around various social media of um, um, a, a sort of picture of a, a person from the Amish and saying, you know, um, are you affected by COVID? And the answer is, no, we don't have TV. <laughs> you know, and I mean, that's it. If people weren't watching the TV or listening to things on, you know, through um, various websites and social media, most people wouldn't know that there was anything going on. It's all coming out through the media and it's all being pumped through the media, the social media, and it's creating havoc. And again, pitting people against people and so that they can have these discussions and arguments and fight and you know like you know like with your example of you know which is semantics no it's not actually there is a very very big difference and people need to understand what's going on but of course most people haven't had the time or haven't been given the time haven't been given the information to know that they should be looking deeper into it to understand that they are being manipulated emotionally, you know, using hard-hitting emotional messaging. And, and you go, well, sorry, and now we trust the science, so please tell me which science is uses hard-hitting emotional messaging. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Oh, and, and the other thing, of course, is the, re the responsibility to others, which you mentioned. And, of course, um, it is, that was the other thing of, you know, you're being selfish and, you know, you can kill your granny and all that and um, absolutely right. scaring the life out of children that they could harm somebody in their family just by giving them a hug. I mean, that is despicable. And this says, this says tailoring the message to individuals. Point number five, some people will be more persuaded by appeals to play by the rules. So that's the law. You have to follow it. Some by duty to the community. You don't want to get others sick and some by personal risk. I mean, it's all mm -hmm. the same psychological message. The, uh, the American, yep. the American medical association went even further in 2021. I don't know if you've seen this, if not, I'll send it to you after the show. It says the okay. AMA COVID-19 guide, and it says this, Don, the document explains controlled responses in how you interact with an audience or you interact in an interview. For example, acknowledge the question, bridge to your answer, a predetermined answer, deliver your message and proof points, use quotable language, clear, concise, and compelling, use interview techniques, steer the conversation, block certain arguments, deflect certain arguments, redirect the arguments, flag other arguments, stall the conversation. And they say it's all a numbers game in broadcast and print time. So know your messages, vulnerabilities, divert from them and discuss in the standard interview the point that you're trying to drive home, drive it home. It doesn't matter if it's based on science, but this is not just publicly relate, public relations. This is not just Edward Bernays. This is 21st century psychological warfare, and this is the American Medical Association, the NIH. It's in the UK with the NHS. It's all over the world, and again, it has to be coming from the same sources. One of them's probably that article I sent you. Uh, the World Economic Forum is is basically bragging lockdown is the world's biggest psychological experiment, and they talk about in the article, uh, they did a study in Belgium, and they found that people after the lockdowns 
were more likely to comply and felt more anxious and more stressed and more worried. I mean, they were literally you had scientists like studying lab rats. You had scientists studying, you know, droplets uh, uh, under a microscope. We were the droplets. We were the lab rats while it was going on. And the media was telling us there's no effects from lockdowns. And here's the World Economic Forum literally studying the harm that it's causing as it's happening, saying, yes, this is all part of a big psychological experiment. Mm, uh, uh, yes. I mean, the, the, one of the paragraphs I highlighted said, in short and perhaps unsurprisingly, people who are quarantined are very likely to develop a wide range of symptoms of psychological stress and disorder, including low mood, insomnia, stress, anxiety, anger, irritability, emotional exhaustion, depression and post-traumatic stress symptoms. Low mood and irritability specifically stand out as being very common, the study notes. I mean, that's it. They knew. Oh, I mean, they know. Um, you know, it's un- unsurprising that people, are when they are put under stress, uh, not just stress, prolonged stress, because that's the point. It's now heading for, well, it's well over two and a half years now. Um, prolonged stress um, has serious detrimental effects. I mean, physically. Uh, physiologically, but but also psychologically, and of course, being under stress and the um, people locked down, being uh, sort of cooped up in the house together, not able to go out do things that they want to do, um, being made fearful. I mean, it just it's it's a recipe for disaster. You know, without anybody studying it, you know, you 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 have to just know human behaviour. You know, we are we are social creatures we are meant to be out and about being cooped up in the house is not good um you know not being because you know apparently people weren't allowed out um even though it was during the summer it just absolutely especially for children oh absolutely um devastating and and of course the um the time that they've had off school and uh, i mean not that i'm approving of <laughs> the school system either, but not, you know, not being able to have those sort of social interactions and being kept in fear. Um, just who knows what the, the impact will be um, because to a certain extent it's ongoing. It hasn't completely gone. And, and, and the you know, again, for the very smallest sort of babies, babies that were born during those two years, not being able to see people's faces. It's, you know, it, that, it, that it causes... It's developmental delays. It's, I mean, yeah. biological, physiological, mental, psychological. I mean, that's this is all becoming uh, mainstream news reporting now. Uh, we're almost out of time. Don Lester is with us, author of What Really Makes You Ill. I'm going to give you just about a minute if you want to promote the book and then also give me a quick, uh, uh, your observation, your take. I'm saying COV2, COV2 is now CO2. It's an invisible thing. We have to fight it. Your actions can hurt others. You need to be tracked, have your carbon footprint tracked. You need, to, you need to stop breathing, cover your face. Lockdowns are required. Sounds kind of familiar. We need zero COVID. We need zero transmission of CO2. So Don Lester, the book, and then your comment on that quick. Um, yeah, so, well, uh, details can be found on our website, whatreallymakesyouwill.com. We're putting uh, sort of videos, blog articles, there's lots of information from there. Um, but yes, the um, they're definitely going to be moving towards climate i mean they're already doing that kind of thing and uh the behavioral insights team website but again we're truly we're now truly witnessing the devastated effects of the climate crisis heat waves drought floods and violent storms are 
carry more frequently intensely, with the US experiencing one of the worst hurricanes in recorded history last week. So again, this is, you know, the, the, it's carbon footprint. It's just as much nonsense as COVID um, because we need CO2. The, the plant life loves CO2. Um, there is absolutely no evidence that it causes any harm in the same way that there's no evidence that these particles that they're calling viruses cause any harm either. You know, people need to know what's going on, know that they're being manipulated so that they can have their behaviours affected uh, so that, you know, they carry on following orders. Uh, it's, it's time for people to, to just say, no, no, this is too much. And one of the reasons we see a destructive hurricane, well, they measure it by different uh, metrics. So they either measure it by the economic cost, they measure it by wind speed, sustained wind speed, pressure, all these things, rainfall. And one of the reasons they're saying it was so devastating down here, because I'm from Florida, I grew up with hurricanes. Uh, they're saying because the damage is $100 billion, this is one of the worst ever, but that's only an economic measurement. Uh, the storm could have been a category one and equally caused the same devastation because you have more people that are living on the coastlines, you have more people that are building bigger houses, more expensive houses, and you know so much of the market is just speculative. So if you build a house on the on the water and it's a million dollars and it gets destroyed by a hurricane, that's a million dollars of damage. Uh, if you build that same house next year and you have a hurricane that's less intense, it hits that same house, but that house now is valued at one and a half million dollars. It's more damage from a less severe storm. This is how they manipulate the statistics and the data. Don Lester, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. I really hope that uh, people enjoyed the show tonight. What Really Makes You Ill is the book. I'd highly recommend everybody goes out and gets a copy of it. Don, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, you have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, there goes Don Lester. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more coming up after this. In the next hour, I'm going to break down some of the things we discussed with Don and get into more specifics few other stories. Nothing to be afraid of, just to be informed of here on The Secret Teachings. rdgable at yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info. More after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email r gable at yahoo.com visit the facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info if you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of ryan's research in your hands grab a physical and digital copy of his books occult arcana will introduce you to sacred myths folklore and alchemy the technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and ai to black goo and ufos Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. 
You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing Montage Archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. And you are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio. Don Lester was with us in the first hour tonight, author of What Really Makes You Ill, an ad-free hour of the Secret Teachings. If you are getting advertisements, though, you're in the free archive. You can always go to the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to get access to the show without any ads. You'll also get the montages, my digital books, and more. My book, The Technological Elixir, documents a lot of what we've been discussing tonight. You can grab a copy of that on the website, a physical copy or a digital copy. It's about 600 pages, so it's jam-packed with information. It has a section on some of the things we've been discussing. We are heading into the dark winter. First, we have to survive the fall of man every single year as the black horse of the apocalypse rides upon the earth with scales weighing the human race in judgment, the final judgment, the fall of man, the lifting of the veil. And there are some things that, you know, I find, um, I find the psychology, as we were just discussing, I find the psychology of all of this far more terrifying than the potentiality for, uh, well, for me, because I'm not getting a vaccine. It's a lot more scary than the potential side effects of a vaccine. It's a lot more scary than a virus uh, because the psychology when you read these things like we were reading earlier the uk the united states they're literally saying and the world economic forum on their website they're literally saying look vaccines social distancing lockdowns we have three good examples here none of these things have to do with science none of these things have to do with health or medicine it's about complying to the vaccine and uh basically committing intellectual murder. It is manipulating and coercing people into doing something before there's even a vaccine, the NIH says. The NIH, U.S. National Library of Medicine, clinicaltrials.gov, and Yale University said to use these messages to convince people to get a vaccine before there was even a vaccine because they knew people would resist it. So when people are resisting it, they say, tell them that their personal freedom will be returned to them. Gaslighting. Gas goes up $5 and they tell you, hey, we got it down a dollar. Vote for us. They take away, because you acquiesce to it, your right to run a business or go shopping without a mask. And they say, well, we'll give you your freedom back if you get the vaccine. And then, hey, guess what? You didn't get your freedom back, did you? You still had to wear a mask. You still had the social distance. You still had to get a booster, etc. The economic freedom message, self-interest message, you know, some people are more interested in self. Like, 
aren't you afraid that you could get sick? You should get a vaccine. And aren't you afraid you could get the community sick? You could get somebody else sick? That's the community interest message. There's also the economic benefit message, the guilt message, the embarrassment message. Don't you feel guilty? Don't you feel embarrassed? I mean, what are you going to feel like if you get COVID or you give someone else COVID-19? I mean, you're going to be embarrassed. People are going to be angry at you. You're going to be angry. And when all else fails, just tell people, and these are quotes, that they're not brave. Tell people to, quote, trust in science. That all comes from the NIH. And, of course, I mentioned the American Medical Association. They're just telling doctors, scientists, authors, anybody could adhere to these speaking guidelines. And it just says, use quotable language. You know, we're all in this together, safe and effective. Those are things people remember, right? Use interview techniques. Steer the conversation, deflect, block, redirect, flag. These are standard interview do and don'ts that you need to know to deliver your message, like project your voice. They're safe and effective. Anybody who says different is anti-science. If you project your voice, you sound like you know what you're talking about, right? Vary your rate of speaking, it says. Use a pause. Have strong eye contact. Smile if appropriate. Lean in. Don't slouch. Exhibit emotion, but not emotional. Read your audience. Stand up for phone interviews. In stand-up interviews, keep hands in front of you, up and near the abdomen. I mean, this is psychology. This is not science. None of this is science. So this is from the NIH for convincing people and coercing people and manipulating people to get a vaccine before it was available officially. And then the AMA says these are the ways that you deliver the message. Nothing in here about let's actually look at the science. All of this is this is what you do. This is what you say. This is how you say it. And basically what they're saying is in varying your rate of speaking and pausing, you know, if you just had a talking point, if you just had a line to read, like if 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 I was saying that vaccines are safe and effective, they've been proven safe, all these studies and that was the line I was supposed to deliver. If I just say, yeah, vaccines are safe and effective, that's what Pfizer wants you to think. You know, that obviously think that obviously sounds like it's scripted. But if you go, well, you know, um, and you do the well and the ums, well, um, I mean, vaccines have been proven to be safe and effective and the efficacy is, is very good. And there's a lot of science on this. And then you look at the audience and you pause strong eye contact and you're leaning in to the camera. And, you know, the the people that say otherwise, just they don't trust in science and there's no room for discussion because it's a quick soundbite, right? It's all psychology. Now, the British government carried out the same propaganda fear campaigns as part of the SPIB program and the scientific advisory group for uh, uh, emergencies. I almost said eugenics, but same thing. Emergencies, SAGE, S-A-G-E, the scientific pandemic influenza group on behavior, SPIB According to several members of the group, actively engaged in behavioral psychology to convince the public that the pandemic was far deadlier than it really was, even far scarier. Here's the paper. SPIB published this 2020. Options for increasing adherence to social distancing measures, wherein they described using perceived threats, responsibility to others, positive messaging around actions, tailoring and social approval as messaging platforms to coerce and threaten compliance. What does V say in that movie to uh, use fear and intimidation and all that to coerce your compliance? That's precisely what they're doing. 
And as Don read directly from the, it's from the, the, the UK government, it's from the SPIB. I, I didn't make this up. It's not a conspiracy. And it says this, this is options for increasing adherence to social distancing measures. If you type that into a search engine, March 22nd, 2020, maybe throw an SPI-B, the letters SPI-B, you'll find this document. And this is what the government was looking at. And this is how they were forming their policies. It says, the guidance currently lacks clarity and specificity with regards to recommended behaviors. For example, instead of the phrase, uh, the phrase try to, it should say do. Just do. Don't try to social distance. Just social distance. I mean, there's no link. There's no reference. There's no quote. There's nothing that relates to any kind of scientific investigation into the idea of social distancing, which they then reduced to three feet in some places. MIT recommended 26 feet of distance. It says guidance now needs to be reformulated to be behaviorally specific. Who needs to do what precisely and why explain the rationale and communicate it through channels that provide personalized advice and account for individual circumstances, including SMS, SMS messaging and an interactive website. And they're using social media, they're using the internet, they're using the algorithm to tailor-make propaganda for you. That's what it is. It's tailor-made propaganda. Because, you know, your neighbor might adhere to it because they're a Democrat, and Democrats seem to like to, you know, cover their kids' faces and their faces and experiment on their children with gene therapy for some reason. I'm not sure why that is. They believe in science. They believe science. We believe in science in this household. Uh, but you know what? The, the thing is, Democrats really get a bad rep when it comes to this because conservatives have their own nonsensical narratives. Did you realize that? Did you know that? Has anybody told you that in media that wasn't mainstream or alternative? See, this is an alternative media. The idea of the lab leak, the idea that the virus came out of a bio lab in Wuhan. Certainly they were experimenting with things there, biological weapons, Hell, that might have been where they actually made some of the mRNA vaccines. I don't know. But it seems weird that the conservatives have the lab leak theory and the liberals have the bat theory. But in both cases, there's no specific, accurate, actual, real genetic sequence of SARS-CoV-2. People have sent me messages telling me, I'm a scientist. We've looked at the sequence. Well, I understand that there is a sequence. What I'm saying is the sequence, which is why it has the HIV inserts and all that stuff they claim, that's because when they got the lung fluid from some of the original cases, that lung fluid came with other genetic material, right? You would think that if they're taking this out of the body. And they never put the so-called virus through the system of Koch's postulates to determine, you know, the isolation, the transference, the disease, the taking of it from the newly diseased patient, and then the and then the purification of it again. They never did any of that. So you just have random genetic material and then you place it into a computer, which is all that it is, and then the computer gives you this sequence that they're taking uh, from other computer sequences, and they're filling in the gaps that they don't have. So you're taking multiple forms of genetic material, like several forms of gen- genetic material from the lungs, and then you're mixing that with other 
totally fictitious genetic sequences on a computer, and that gives you the sequence that you're looking at. I mean, that is stunning. And it sounds outrageous because we assume, just like we assume when we're a kid, we go to the doctor, oh, you've got the flu. I never thought as a kid, well, how does he know I have the flu? You know, I just, you don't feel good. Your mom or your dad takes you. And then your doctor's like, yeah, you got the flu. Just, you know, take liquids, I mean, which is, I mean, come on. Unless there's a serious issue, like you've run in 103 temperature for, for a week. Parents take their kid to the doctor. The doctor looks at them. Oh, they've got the flu. I mean, if, if by flu, you mean your body's detoxification process, then sure. But basically what happened here is the original sources of genetic material for the implied isolation of the virus and its further implication of disease by association resulted from lung fluid being taken from supposed positive cases verified by a test that doesn't actually test for the actual virus. It tests for genetic material based off a computer model, and they amplify that until the point where everybody tests positive regardless if they're sick or not. So that fluid contained various other genetic materials, and once you put that into a computer and mix it with other genetic codes, from other so-called viruses, you get a SARS-CoV-2. And as Dr. Kevin Corbett explained, this is the end result of the genetic, uh, geneticization of virology. Dr. Kevin Corbett said this is basically a computer virus. It is a literal computer virus, but it's also a figurative computer virus because your body and your brain functions like a computer and when you take malware and you put it on a computer, when you inject a virus into the computer, the computer gets sick and you got to take it to Geek Squad or you got to get one of those programs that probably spread the virus even more. I think a lot of those antivirus companies probably make the virus for the computers. Actually, it's not probably. They do. I, I think it was McAfee that got caught doing that. Oh, they've got a virus, uh, antivirus software. Oh, look, they actually made the computer virus that they have the software to, to stop. That's kind of weird. Sounds like the same thing. So you've got a computer virus. That's basically what it is. It's a computer virus. It's all made on a computer. So you are looking at a genetic sequence. And then the, the, the way that this affects the body, the way that this affects uh, the mind, is by exploiting human emotion in, well, psychology. So this is why you have the NIH. This is why you have the American Medical Association. This is why you have the SPIB and SAGE. This is why you have, well, the World Economic Forum even said it. In April of 2020, the World Economic Forum published an article bragging and warning about the known consequences of lockdowns which, of course, were meant to destroy small businesses, independence, responsibility, faith, community, will, and savings. The report found, perhaps unsurprisingly, people who are quarantined are very likely to develop a wide range of symptoms of psychological stress and disorder, including low mood, insomnia, stress, anxiety, anger, irritability, emotional exhaustion, depression, and post-traumatic stress syndrome. Low mood and irritability specifically stand out as being very common, the study notes. So, the World Economic Forum in April of 2020 was studying the effects of lockdown like scientists in a laboratory scrutinizing organisms swimming in a droplet of water, like scientists experimenting on monkeys or lab rats. They even say 
in the article, they did this study in Belgium and uh, the Belgian population, they said 32% of the population could be classified as highly resilient or green. 15% of the population indicated toxic levels of stress or red. In our most recent survey, after two weeks of lockdown, the green portion has shrunk to 25%. Just two weeks, people became less resilient, a 10% decrease. But the red part of the population, the people that were already experiencing toxic levels of stress, which makes you sick, can actually kill you, they increased by 10 percentage points, 25% of the population. In other words... In the middle of the introduction to lockdown, the World Economic Forum was studying the effects that it was having on people in places like Belgium. And they knew, anybody knew this, who honestly can look at the world without being persuaded by propaganda and politics, that people who are quarantined, this is a quote, are very likely to develop a wide range of symptoms of psychological stress and disorder Low mood, insomnia, stress, anxiety, anger, irritability, emotional exhaustion, depression, post-traumatic stress symptoms. That sounds worse than the side effects of, well, the symptoms of, symptom complex of COVID-19. So what's happening here? Well, to answer my own question, what's happening here is behavioral psychologists, not scientists, are influencing and directing public policy. Follow the science is a psychological way of saying follow the experts that we call scientists who do the science. And you're not allowed to ask, what is the science? What exactly is the study or the studies that prove or disprove something that you're, that you're claiming? I mean, here's the, I think the ironic thing is China shows us all these videos of people dropping dead, right? That doesn't happen in the United States until after the vaccine is distributed. Once the vaccine is distributed, then people start dropping dead. Now, not every single illness, disease, sickness, heart problem, etc. is a result of the vaccine in a similar way that not every single sickness, illness, disease is a result of COVID-19. People are sick. It doesn't mean they're sick from COVID-19. They're SARS-CoV-2. I don't actually believe that anybody has ever been sick with SARS-CoV-2. That is preposterous. It is completely anti-scientific, unfounded, unproven, and 100% raw, unfiltered propaganda. People are sick. They're just not sick from the virus. However, regardless of what you think of that statement, how outrageous that might sound, take a listen to this. This is from Fortune magazine. You might remember, regardless of what you think of my view, that AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson, which use slightly different methods for their vaccines, not directly mRNA, they were causing blood clots. They were causing uh, heart issues. So some countries pulled AstraZeneca, some countries pulled Johnson & Johnson. The U.S. stopped Johnson & Johnson because of the blood clots. We've seen myocarditis, which certainly does on rare occasions happen in children, but now we've seen increases of 20 to 30,000 a year, increased in ca- increases in cases. That's not normal. We've seen people dropping dead on sporting fields. Well, according to Fortune magazine, researchers have noted a troubling pattern of sudden cardiac death in athletes in the wake of the pandemic, owing possibly, there's that word, possibly, to COVID-related heart complications, myocarditis and pericarditis. I thought those were caused largely in part 
by the vaccine officially. But no, they're actually caused by the virus itself. Much like we have all of these studies that show that during the pandemic, nobody was suffering from menstrual problems. Nobody was suffering from lower sperm counts. Although, you know, stress and anxiety can cause issues with menstrual cycles. Once vaccines were introduced, suddenly people started having these complications in mass. And then the media said it wasn't true. Then Dr. Fauci said it is true. We need to investigate it more. And then we learn, oh, it's not the vaccine. The virus is attacking. The virus is targeting. The virus is going after your sperm and your ovaries. One study from Israel, it's in my book, The Technological Elixir, even says that the virus, when you're pregnant, it gets into the placenta and it tears it apart. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the virus gets into the placenta and it terminates the pregnancy. So let me get this straight. Women have problems with pregnancy every day, every week, every month, every year. Menstrual cycles can sometimes be irregular. But when so many people experience it, and when it's admitted to be related to the vaccine, and then studies are published that says, no, it's not the vaccine, it's actually the virus. It mutated to attack the reproductive system. I mean, it's almost so unbelievable that, I, I, I mean, I have to, I have to read it to you for you to even you know, believe what I'm saying because it's it's just totally and absolutely uh, it's the rawest form of of propaganda that 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 you that you'd ever you could ever read. It, the CDC says risk of stillbirth among women with and without COVID-19. According to NBC News, if you have COVID-19, you have a higher risk of stillbirth. Just r- suddenly, in late 2021, another study, Jerusalem Post, posted this. Asuta Ashdod University, COVID-19 can enter the placenta and cause stillbirth. I mean, was this not happening before the vaccines? See, it doesn't really make any sense. And again, remember that not every condition is caused by a vaccine. So then the New York Times went even further and said, okay, uh, Merck has a COVID-19 pill. And the FDA said that when you take this pill, it causes mutations in your DNA. So I'm supposed to believe that people dropping dead in China is proof that the same virus is going to spread here in the United States, will be sick and dropping dead. But that never happens until the vaccine is given out and then athletes start dropping dead all over the country, all over the world. I'm supposed to believe that we had scientists warning that the vaccine would target the placenta and we were told that's not true and then we have all the predictive programming uh, and then we have admittance that yes, the placenta is being attacked but it's not the vaccine. The virus decided to suddenly attack it right when you got the vaccine. The virus is like, no vaccine, I'm going after the placenta and it grabs the placenta and it rips it apart. That causes uh, stillbirth. That causes spontaneous abortion, as the New England Journal of Medicine said. And the Merck pill causes mutations in DNA, which is what mRNA is going to do. You're reprogramming the body. And if you're reprogramming the genetic sequences of the body, what's happening is you're changing the structure 
of uh, and the foundation of what is making up the body and the person. So you're, you're changing the information. You're changing how the body works. That could cause detrimental problems. That could cause organ failure in any organ, which is also what we're seeing. Fortune magazine says, it's almost too unbelievable, a huge analysis of 30,000 vaccinated patients who experienced COVID breakthrough infections. Scientists found that six months later, even the vaccinated incurred a higher risk of death and debilitating long COVID symptoms involving multiple organs, the lungs, the heart, the kidney, the brain, and every other organ. I mean, this virus, you would think, is really, it's targeting the placenta, it's targeting the testicles, the heart, the lungs, the kidney, the liver, the stomach, the, the arms, the legs, the skin, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the ears. It's targeting the hairs on your head. It's targeting everything. It just keep growing the, the symptom pull. And again, vaccines don't cause all these problems. Some of these problems exist even prior to the pandemic. And some of them are all obviously caused by other vaccines and other types of things. But in the environment, a lot of problems are caused by diet and lifestyle. In fact, most of them, 40 to 80%, depending on if it's diabetes or it's heart disease, etc. But yeah, there's definitely problems if you will, to keep things very uh, plain and simple. There's problems with those, those mRNA gene therapy shots. And then it's like, you know, my job becomes harder because alternative media spins and spews the same nonsensical types of narratives that the mainstream media tends to spin. It's, you have the conservative version and you have the, 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 the liberal version. And they're both crazy and don't make any sense. And you're not allowed to talk about the one that's middle of the road. The one where doctors are saying, yeah, the genetic sequence of the virus is a computer program. What do you see under a microscope? Well, you're not seeing a virus that has been causing a disease. You're seeing things that are the result of the procedures that are gone through to put that thing, that tissue, whatever it is, under the electron microscope. You're, you're seeing the result of manipulating stuff, uh, stuff that's coming from nature, from the body, a living thing. You're killing it, dying it, you're freezing it, and then you're subjecting it to poison, and it's supposed to be proven that, well, the droplet of whatever the virus is that you put into the, into the sample uh, with a bunch of other poisons, it killed, the, it killed the tissue. The virus must cause disease. No, the poison caused the disease. It's like that question, do, you know, what, what was that episode of Married with Children? It, Al Bundy said, I, women ask... Um, <laughs> do these pants make me look fat? He's like, no, the fat makes you look fat. It's like, uh, you know, is the point is the virus causing, you know, the these uh, these tissue samples to decay and 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 for the cells to die? No, the poison is causing the poison, not the virus. Uh, this stuff is a mind game, and it's all based on assumption. It's all based on implication. It's all based on psychology. I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to be informed. And I want you to stay around for the last segment tonight. A lot more to get into. The secretteachings.info. I'm Ryan Gable. More after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, 
facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info if you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of ryan's research in your hands grab a physical and digital copy of his books occult arcana will introduce you to sacred myths folklore and alchemy the technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and ai to black goo and ufos food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food germ theory and geoengineering visit thesecretteachings.info people ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation i say take control of your body and mind with water filtration visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with pro one water filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home camping trip and even the shower they filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends family and yourself that's pro one water filters at the secret teachings.info the secret teachings radio show is on facebook and twitter just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and tst underscore underscore radio to tweet with us if you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the follow back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi everyone, this is Mark Passio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. If they could find this virus in you at all, and with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. It starts making you believe in the sort of Buddhist notion that everything is contained in everything else, right? I mean, because if you can mo- amplify one single molecule up to, a, to something that you can really measure, which PCR can do, then there's just very few molecules that you don't have at least one single one of them in your body, okay? So that could be thought of as a misuse of it just to, to claim that it's meaningful. Those tests are all based on things that are invisible and they are the results are inferred in a sense. PCR is separate from that. It's just a process that's used to make a whole lot of something out of something. That's what also, it is. Um, it's, the, it's not, it doesn't tell you that you're sick and it doesn't tell you that the thing you ended up with really was going to hurt you or anything like that. That was Carrie Mollis, inventor of the PCR test. Over on Twitter and other social media platforms, 
We've seen the trend recently of bring the mask back, hashtag, hashtag. And you might have seen some of these sock puppet accounts on social media saying that Carrie Mollis didn't actually invent the PCR test. That was invented by Christian Drosten. Actually, Christian Drosten, the German virologist, he invented the COVID testing procedure. Carrie Mollis invented the test, and then he died, oops, right at the end of 2019. Very convenient. Christian Drosten, director of the uh, an Institute of, of I think it was Virology in Berlin, he authored a paper early on in the so-called pandemic, detection of 2019 novel coronavirus by real-time PCR. He authored that with Victor Corman, so it became known as the Corman paper, and it was so riddled with inconsistencies, inaccuracies, uh, false uh, results, uh, things like uh, the time frame between submission and acceptance was like 24 hours. It, there's no peer reviewing, massive conflicts of interest. So a number of scientists looked at it and said this is totally fictitious. So they published an external review, their paper called External Peer Review of the P, uh, PCR Test, RT-PCR Test, to detect SARS-CoV-2, reveals 10 major flaws at the molecular and methodological level, consequences for false positive results, and this was shown time and time again, over and over and over again. You saw this in New York, where like 80% of the cases were actually negative when they came up positive because they're increasing the cycle count. You know, you look at all this stuff, and if you've paid attention and you haven't completely succumbed to the mainstream, or, the, or for that matter, the alternative narrative, which is just as bad as the mainstream narrative, then you realize that it's all about psychology. Uh, and I mean, nothing really says psychological warfare on the general public than this document from the United Kingdom from the NHS that says a substantial number of people still do not feel sufficiently personally threatened. The guidance currently lacks clarity and specificity with regard to uh, recommended behaviors. Tell people to do it. Don't tell them to try to do it. Just tell them to do it. They say that guidance can be formulated based on an individual, so they can tailor-make propaganda for you. Tell people to look around them at their communities, at their friends, their family, and think about how they'd feel if they make those people sick. You have a responsibility to the greater collective, says the Marxist National Health Services in the U.K., but that's for social distancing. What about for vaccines? Well, the NIH and the American Medical Association published reports, one of them early on, way before there was a vaccine, that said here are ways to get people to accept the vaccine before we have a vaccine and before we're even in possession of the so-called science. And they tell people to be afraid and trust the science. It's all propaganda. That's all that it is. And the American Medical Association telling people how to speak you know, make sure that, you know, it's a talking point, it's a soundbite. No one's going to investigate what you say anyway. So just make sure you stick to the talking point. That was about the vaccine. Now, what about, I don't know, lockdown? Well, the World Economic Forum was studying the effects of lockdown before April of 2020. They say that the people of Belgium, uh, Belgium the Belgian population, became more stressed and less resilient. That's what they say in the report. They also say, and this is probably the most important quote, 
as Don Lester, our guest tonight, brought up earlier. In short, and perhaps unsurprisingly, people who are quarantined are very likely to develop a wide range of symptoms of psychological stress and disorder. They include low mood, insomnia, stress, anxiety, anger, irritability, emotional exhaustion, depression, and post-traumatic stress symptoms. This is part of the reason people seem to be acting crazier. So from social distancing to vaccines to something as terrifying and anti-human and evil as lockdowns and quarantines and house arrest, it's admitted from the NIH to the AMA to the National Health Services to uh, the World Economic Forum. It's all about psychology. It's about controlling your perception. That's why Fortune magazine published this article recently. They have to make sure that you know as we head into the fall that every condition is a result of, well, COVID-19. You know, have you ever thought about how the flu basically disappeared, COVID-19 didn't disappear, supposedly got worse. And when people say, well, the flu disappeared only because we were wearing masks and social distancing and we were locked down. Well, if that's the case, why did those same mitigation techniques not stop COVID? They only stopped the flu. And now as cases of COVID start to go down, flu starts to go up again. Does anybody find that a little bit suspicious? I think it's suspicious. Fortune magazine says we have recurrent spells of extreme dizziness, heart pounding in the chest, heart failure, heart attack, pericarditis. The author of this article says I can't confirm the exact ideology of all these cases, but every one of the people I mentioned had a history of COVID either days or months beforehand, and all of them experienced only mild cases of infection at the time. So likewise, like the flu and COVID example, you find it weird how you monitor for side effects for 15 minutes of a vaccine and then everything else that happens is attributed to something else. But if you test positive for COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, if you die of anything, anything at all, a car wreck, a motorcycle accident, you drown within 28 days, then you still died of COVID. How does that make any sense? So you get a vaccine, they monitor you for 15 minutes, they send you on your way, you die in the parking lot, and that's a COVID death, not a vaccine death. You test positive. 27 days later, you jump out of an airplane. Your parachute doesn't open. You hit the ground. That's a COVID death. Officially. Officially, that's how it works. That's how it continues to work. Fortune Magazine says, Is it possible, despite everything we know, that we still underestimate COVID's reach and danger. It is not normal for me to know so many people with severe conditions. Not normal at all. You know, the funny thing about that is I was actually talking to, um, to Hope the other day, my fiance, and we were talking about the, because she's uh, uh, big, uh, she has a big interest in nutrition and health and all these things. So we were talking about it and I said, I, I find it interesting that disease is so normalized that even before the so-called pandemic, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, all these problems and more, they're so normal we don't even, don't even think about them. It's just, well, I've been diagnosed, so I need the drugs and the surgery. Well, I, I'm going to need the insulin. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need, uh, you know, I'm going to need to go to the doctor. And we don't ever ask why. This is not normal. 
There are things that we are doing that are causing those, those things. That's not normal to be that sick, but it's so normalized. You see people around that are, you know, that are uh, either they're overweight or they're very swollen and puffy and they've got clearly have, you know, problems. And, and I, I feel bad for those people. And it's all just drugs, 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 go to the doctor, surgery, surgery, surgery. So it's, it's not normal for the person who wrote this article to see people with so many problems, but that's only because it's so normalized. Now, when we draw attention to them, it suddenly becomes abnormal and everything must be the virus. When in fact, some of these types of things like myocarditis and pericarditis, which are not normal, especially in children, are becoming abnormal. And rather than that being attributed to the only thing that has changed, because that wasn't happening early in the pandemic or even the middle of the pandemic, it only happened after the vaccines were introduced, it still must be the virus. So... Here's what the article says. There are many possible causes for their health misfortunes. The sheer volume of cases speaks to something more worrisome than just a Twitter phenomenon. In a huge analysis of more than 30,000 vaccinated patients who had experienced COVID breakthrough infections. Remember, again, you test positive. Even if you're not sick, you die in 25 days from a car wreck or someone shoots you and you die. You still died of COVID-19. Scientists found six months after COVID diagnosis, or COVID breakthrough infections, even the vaccinated incurred a higher risk of death and debilitating long COVID symptoms involving multiple organs, your brain, your kidney, your lungs, your heart. And they say researchers have noted a troubling pattern of sudden cardiac arrest, sudden cardiac death in athletes in the wake of the pandemic, owing possibly to COVID-related heart complications, myocarditis and pericarditis. Literally, they've reassigned flu to COVID-19, and they've reassigned the vaccine side effects to COVID-19. That's what's happened. It's a reassigning of both. Reassigning the flu and reassigning the vaccine side effects and the drug side effects. All the drugs, all the COVID protocols, not effects, they're, they're, they're side effects, they're direct effects, but they are reassigning vaccine side effects to well, the virus. And we know this for sure. This isn't my opinion. People tune in and just hear that and then they think, oh, it's an anti-vax show. I, what does that even, what do you mean anti-vax show? What does that mean? It's, an, it's anti-vax. No, um, we stopped giving out Johnson & Johnson in the U.S. temporarily because of blood clots. And we have official CDC acknowledgement that myocarditis and pericarditis are two major major complications of the vaccine, especially for, well, young men between 18 and 39, although it affects everybody. Yet, the article says these athletes are dying from the, from the COVID virus, myocarditis, pericarditis, and researchers believe that COVID-19 infection induces a prothrombotic and pro-inflammatory state well, that's actually one of the side effects of the vaccine. It's an inflammation, which may increase the risk of blood clots. In a recent study, 48 million adults in England and Wales, COVID-19 was linked with dramatic increases in both arterial clots, caused strokes and heart attacks, and venous thromboembolism. That's a big word. Uh, thromboembolism. Uh, these are blood clots of the lungs and legs, among other places. I um, you know, sometimes I have trouble pronouncing things. This is a very big word, uh, thromboembolism. So I sound it out and people make fun of me. 
and say, oh, you can't pronounce the word. You don't know what you're talking about. No, no, I, I, it's a big word. I don't pronounce that word very well. That doesn't mean that it makes no sense that every single vaccine side effect is now attributed to the virus. It doesn't make sense that you get monitored for 15 minutes and then if you die or you get really sick, it's the virus. If you die within 28 days of testing positive, it's still the virus, even if you got hit by a car. It doesn't make any sense that masks supposedly stopped the flu, but they didn't stop COVID-19. None of it makes any sense. It's not supposed to make any sense. It's all about psychology. Here's another one. So it causes myocarditis, pericarditis. It causes blood clotting and a 72% increase of risk for type 1 diabetes. Not type 2, type 1, which means that whatever is causing this increase, it's not all the virus or vaccine. It's our lifestyle, our, our diets, and you know things that mess with our body and the environment. But whatever it is, it's attacking the organs of the body. Here's another one. According to researchers, COVID-19 is responsible for more than 40 million new neurological cases. Hmm. They say the study mostly predated vaccines. Is mostly a scientific word? We, we mostly, uh, mostly got it. Mostly, uh, we, we mostly understand it. Are the brakes in my car going to work? Mostly. Is the bridge stable? Mostly. We mostly, we, we, most of these cases. So, so basically, here's what they're saying in Fortune magazine. They're telling you myocarditis, pericarditis, heart failure, heart attack, dizziness, heart pounding, neurological conditions, 40 million new conditions, athletes dropping dead of cardiac death, uh, cardiac arrest on the playing field or the court, an increase in type 1 diabetes, and blood clots. All of these things which are attributed, the prions disease, the blood clotting, the turning off of what they call tumor suppressing uh, 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 cells or genes, and uh, all these things that are supposedly caused by the virus just so happen to be here in my giant list of COVID-19 side effects for BNT162B2. Huh. But they want you to think it's all about the virus because they're reassigning vaccine side effects and deaths to the virus and they've reassigned the flu to the virus and everything else. Now, I found this to be fascinating. The Florida Health Department, Joseph A. Ladapo, let's say you, you just you bought the propaganda. You don't like Ron DeSantis. You don't like Joseph Ladapo, which I mean, if you don't, you're a racist, but that's okay. The analysis that the Florida Health Department conducted and looked at says there's an 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39 years old. That would include a lot of athletes, of course. Within 28 days following mRNA vaccination, individuals with pre-existing cardiac conditions such as myocarditis and pericarditis should take particular caution when considering vaccination and discuss with their health care provider. So that's what the Florida Department of Health is recommending. It says Floridians are encouraged to discuss all the potential benefits and risks of receiving mRNA COVID-19 vaccines with their healthcare provider. The risk associated with mRNA vaccine vaccination should be weighed against the risk associated with COVID-19 infection. Now, the reason that I find this to be a profound report 
a profound guidance is because this is what doctors and scientists used to do. They encourage you, this is what health departments used to do, encourage you to discuss the potential benefits and the risks of receiving the vaccines with your healthcare provider. And they say you need to look at the risks and you need to look at the risks of both the vaccine and the COVID-19 infection and see if you will benefit or if it's not worth it. The way the media portrays Joseph Ladapo, the way the media portrays Ron DeSantis is that they don't believe that science is a real field of investigation in any capacity. They don't believe in microscopes. They don't believe in chemicals. They don't believe in anything. They don't even believe in disease. They just believe that uh, people are making it up or they're, just, they're denying reality. So that's what the media is. So if you believe that, that's fine. But here's the thing. It doesn't really make any sense why Joseph Ladapo is saying you should just communicate with your healthcare provider. And that is being interpreted as radical. Do, do you get it? Do you see what I mean? The, the, the Surgeon General for Florida says you should talk to your healthcare provider, not you shouldn't get the vaccine at all under any circumstance. Don't do it. He says you should talk to your healthcare provider. You should weigh the risks against the risks. Anybody in their right mind would recognize, unless you've been brainwashed by the anti-Ron DeSantis, anti-Florida, anti-Ladapo, which is racist propaganda, anybody would recognize that's how things always have been. You discuss it with your doctor. You, you discuss it with your health care provider. You discuss it with your family and friends. Especially if you're already sick or you're a little bit older, you discuss these things. I mean, that's why commercials for drugs don't say, hey, go get this drug right now. They say, discuss it. See if this drug is right for you. In other words, let me rephrase it. The Surgeon General of Florida says you should talk to your healthcare provider. You should assess the risks before you make a decision. That, which is very logical, very reasonable, very rational, is considered everything from anti-science to terrorism Everything from mental illness to simply denying that people even get sick to suggest you should talk to your doctor to suggest that you should assess the risks with your doctor. That is a profound thing that we should realize. This is only one page, by the way. If you just type it in guidance, MRNA, October 7th, Florida Health Department, It'll pull the PDF right up. Floridians are encouraged to discuss all the potential benefits and risks of receiving mRNA COVID-19 vaccine with their healthcare provider. Actually, that's racist. It's sexist. It's bigoted. It's harassment. It's terrorism. It's white supremacy. It's anti-science. It's the usual suspects. It says with a high level of global immunity to COVID-19, the benefit of vaccination is likely outweighed by this abnormally high risk of cardiac related death among men in this age group, 18 to 39, but it's, it's more than that, of course. Oh, and then, of course, Reuters, I didn't mention this study till just now, this uh, report, uh, rebound of COVID-19 symptoms in patients after they take Paxlovid. Oh, so you take Paxlovid and then you get reinfected? Uh, here's Market Watch. This happened to President Joe Biden and taco lady Jill Biden. 
The issue seems to be a combination of worry about certain issues that Paxlovid can cause. Worry why people aren't getting it. Including a strange metallic taste and the potential for rebound COVID where patients quickly become reinfected after the five-day course of pills has been completed. New York Intelligencer, December 2020. This will just knock your socks right off. You may be surprised to learn that of the trio of long-awaited coronavirus vaccines, the most promising Moderna MRNA-1273. Ah, you get that like holy sound going. Ah, which reported 94.5% efficacy rate on November 16th had been designed by January 13th. This was just two days after the genetic sequence had been made public. Oh, so they made the genetic sequence public. Within 48 hours, they've got the 1273 mRNA vaccine ready to go. But didn't they have to, like, do that whole warp speed thing and declare a state of emergency? And why didn't they just give the vaccine out from the beginning if they had it? Until you read the World Economic Forum saying that lockdowns at the beginning were just a psychological experiment. Until you read the NHS and the SPIB in the UK, National Health Services and the Scientific Investigation Bureau, Behavioral Nudge Unit, the AMA, the NIH, Yale University, where they're all saying the same thing about vaccines, about social distancing, about lockdowns. It's all an experiment. Here's how you get people to adhere to it and to comply. They've coerced your conformity. So that this Halloween, this holiday season, you have nothing to fear but COVID itself. You have nothing to fear but COVID itself. Here's another article, by the way. You might want to read this. The Royal Society of Medicine sounds pretty good. Oxford University, pre-pandemic, by four years. I'm not sure if I should read you this or you should go look at it for yourself. A little little Halloween treat. Unmasking the surgeons, the evidence base behind the use of face masks in surgery. Okay, so what does it say about face masks in surgery? We hear that all the time, right? Oh, doctors wear masks. Okay, well, here's what the study actually found. This is 2015. Despite clear evidence that face masks act to protect the theater staff from macroscopic facial contamination, that means like spit, there are studies to suggest that they fail to protect surgeons from potentially hazardous sub-micrometer contaminants. Okay, just suggesting. Let's continue reading the article. Face masks do have a clear role in maintaining the social cleanliness of of surgical staff, but evidence is lacking to suggest that they confer protection from infection either to patients or to the surgeons that wear them. Hmm. Face masks do have a clear role in maintaining the social cleanliness of surgical staff, but evidence is lacking to suggest that they confer protection from infection either to patients or to the surgeons that wear them. The audio did not glitch. I read that twice. In other words, evidence is lacking to even suggest, let alone prove, that masks confer any level of protection. But you just said they protect against macroscopic droplets. Yes, if I spit in your face, it'll stop the spit from hitting your face. It doesn't mean the spit is contaminated or that you're going to get sick if you get hit with the spit. But if you have, I don't know, an open wound or something, you probably don't want to spit into it. It's probably not a good idea. 
The article says face masks have become so strongly associated with safe and proper surgical practice that their disposal could cause unnecessary patient distress. That's what it's all about. That's why in 2020, the New England Journal of Medicine reported that masks are not only tools, they are also talismans that may help increase healthcare workers' perceived sense of safety, well-being, and trust in their hospitals. In other words, Oxford University, the Royal Society of Medicine, the New England Journal of Medicine, masks don't work. They will stop if, you know, a, a loogie. But if you are thinking about infection, it doesn't stop that. It just makes people feel better to see people in masks when you're in a setting like that. So that's all psychology. The World Economic Forum says lockdowns are a psychological experiment. That's the headline. It's all psychology. Masks, lockdowns. What about vaccines? Well, the NIH and the AMA prepared talking points before there was even an official vaccine, although the New York intelligencer said that Moderna had a vaccine on January 13th, two days after the sequence was announced for the virus. So how is that possible? It's all psychology. What about social distancing? Well, the NHS, the UK government, put out the eight-page or so talking point with ways to convince people, similar to what the NIH did in the U.S., convince people to social distance and coerce them. And they they said, Taylor, make the propaganda for the individual. These are white papers, folks. These are from the government. These are from think tanks. These are from the World Economic Forum. This stuff is from the Royal Society of Medicine. It's from Oxford University. Johns Hopkins, the study the one lady did, there that said that, you know, the, the, the number of cases of COVID-19 increased with the number of cases that decreased from other conditions because they reassigned them just like flu was reassigned. And now, according to Fortune magazine, all these conditions, myocarditis, pericarditis, heart pounding, dizziness, heart attack, neurological problems, and of course, blood clotting and even diabetes. These are all caused by the virus, not the vaccine. And the virus, according to Israeli researchers and the CDC, it targets the placenta, it terminates pregnancy, it eliminates sperm. I mean, it does everything. It's like a Swiss army knife. Everything you need. So that's the show. I have no clever line to end the show on tonight, except I am, I am going to go for Halloween as a, as a vaccine this year. I think I'm going to do that. And when people ask me, what are you? You know, they, what Jerry Seinfeld said, they always ask you, what are you supposed to be? I'm supposed to be done by now. You want to hurry it up with the three musketeer? <laughs> I'm going to go as a vaccine this year and I'm going to carry this paper with me. And when people ask me, what are you supposed to be? I'm going to say, I'm the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm all of these things. About 500 side effects that include all the things that they're attributing now to the virus. I'm either going to go as that or a, a cheeseburger. I might go as a cheeseburger. And when they ask me, what are you supposed to be? I'm going to say, I'm the leading cause of death in the United States. Heart disease. And I'm not caused by a virus or a vaccine. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don Lester, our guest tonight. What Really Makes You Ill. Her book with David Parker. TheSecretTeachings.info is our website. Please subscribe. Please buy a book. Please leave us a review on the many radio and podcast players. If you do that, you keep us on air Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, Ground Zero Dot Radio, Aftermath FM, soon to be the Ground Zero app. Please leave us a review. Please grab a copy of one of the books. Please subscribe. 
especially if you enjoyed this show, you want to continue to hear what we have to present you five nights a week. One thing we might talk about soon, I didn't get into it tonight, is that the mainstream narrative, the alternative narrative, the independent media narrative, the conservative, the liberal, they all have their own narratives of COVID-19. But one thing they don't talk about is largely what we discussed tonight, and especially that the virus is a computer virus. It's a genetic thing. It's made up on a computer. And that's provable. Have a good weekend. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you next week. Anthony Tyler on the show Monday. Charlie Robinson, Karen Dahlman coming up next week. We'll talk to you then.